Great Life Game Plan, session number 16. The secret to a great life is to figure out how to have a great day, a great week, a great month, and just repeat that over and over and over again. The only person you need to be better than is the person you used to be. Welcome back to Your Great Life Game Plan. I'm Dr. Scott Little. Health is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. On this show, we talk about healthy aging, stress and weight management, nutrition, fitness, fat burning, relationships, recovery, all sorts of things that might go into your strategy or game plan for a great life. Well, today we're going to briefly talk about a question that I am asked pretty much on a daily basis in my chiropractic practice or in the community, uh, and that's how to lose 20 pounds. You know, everybody seems to think that uh, they do better by losing 20 pounds, and the the truth is they would be. Um, You know, when we live in a society where 35% of the population is clinically obese and another 35% are overweight. And there's probably another 10, 15% that would benefit from losing 10, 15, 20 pounds to uh, be healthier. So it's a great question, a great number. How do you lose 20 pounds? What's the best way to lose weight is another way that people ask me that question on a daily basis. Um, you know, the reality is, is that if you do a Google search or an Amazon search, or you go to Barnes and Noble, or you watch Dr. Oz on TV, you can become very, very frustrated with all of the different programs and, and things that are out there. I mean, when you go to Barnes and Noble, there's, there's about six different bookshelves, all with books on, on diet and weight loss. There's the Atkins diet, there's paleo, there's vegetarianism, there's uh, gluten-free, there, there's just all sorts of different things out there for people to try. And you know, the one thing that I want to share first and foremost is what doesn't work. And uh, and then we'll get back, then we'll get a little bit into what does work and, and what the best way to lose weight. And, and really what we're going to find is it's, the question isn't how's, what's the best way to lose weight, it's uh, how, what's the best way to get healthy. But here's what doesn't work. Starvation diets don't work. You know, the idea that you just stop eating uh, is not something that's going to promote health and and weight loss for very long. Oh, you may, you know, if, if you were to go on a fast for a few days, you would certainly lose uh, lose several pounds. And, and a lot of it might be water weight, not that that makes any difference at all. But, you know, it's not necessarily going to be a long-term and sustainable way of losing weight. So, so by you know, a human being was designed to eat, and uh, and so starvation diets are not the way to lose lose weight. Counting calories, we're going to find, is a terrible uh, waste of time, and in, in in a lot of cases, I think my best reference for 
the calorie myth and 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 how to deal with calories is Jonathan Baylor and his his work and and specifically his book The Calorie Myth. That's a great book and and I just love Jonathan's podcast. He's changed his name a few times. I think it's now the the Sane Show S A N E. That's an acronym for what that, that he has developed for uh, what foods to eat and what foods to avoid. But I listen to his podcast on a regular basis. I read his book, and, and I believe that he's probably the best at creating a good argument for the fallacy and the worthlessness at, at worst for uh, for counting calories. Just exercise more. You know, the the, the simple thing. You you may go to uh, well. Let me let me just say it this way. Anytime somebody says you just need to exercise more and eat less. That is such an oversimplification of what people need to do that it's almost insulting. Um, quite honestly, people may need to exercise less. There are a lot of people that just spend hours every day on a treadmill and uh, and don't get much return for their effort and much return on their investment. Diet pills. Oh, man, don't, don't go to the... the well, the drugstore or the store in the mall and, and just buy yourself some sort of a fat burner or caffeine pills or something. Don't be suckered into whatever Dr. Oz is promoting this week, whether it's raspberry ketones or green coffee tea beans or synthetic shakes or, or, or things like that. These things don't don't tend to work in my experience. They cost a lot of money. They have sometimes health consequences and uh, used to use raspberry ketones in a diet program that I was promoting in my office and and over over time just realized that that was not a good program and and uh, it became unavailable and that was just fine. Here's a here's a myth that I don't want people to fall into the trap of diet soda. Can you lose weight drinking diet soda? I do not believe so. I think there are a lot of people out there that are grossly overweight that think they're doing themselves good by drinking diet pop because it only has one calorie and you could burn that off just going out and getting the mail and that may be true, but uh, the artificial sweeteners in diet soda uh, are tremendously damaging to the adrenal glands, cause the body to be in a stress state, cr- uh, secrete cortisol. That tends to cause us to, to gain weight. So, so diet soda is a terrible myth as it relates to uh, trying to have a strategy for losing weight. So what does work? You know, is it, is it does paleo work? Does the Atkins diet work? Does going low-carb work? Does low-fat vegetarianism veganism. What about this whole 30 diet that people are on now, the anti-inflammatory diet? What about the Mediterranean diet? Apparently people in, in Greece are, are healthier and, and, uh, and we could follow their diet. There's a diet for your your blood tri- type. I don't know if you even know what your blood type is, but there are certain diets that uh, are are you know, you, you might make your, your dietary uh, choices based on what your blood type is. I saw a doctor selling a book, uh, The Cookie Diet. He's got some cookie that he's made that he claims will help you to lose weight. What about uh, uh, the eight-hour diet and intermittent fasting? Uh, a lot of people are, are taking off with intermittent fasting and the eight-hour diet, the idea that you would only eat 
during a window of, say, noon to 8 o'clock at night, that would mean that from 8 o'clock to noon, you'd be fasting, and that gives you a 16-hour window of giving your organs a, a rest. And, um, boy, some that's a very controversial diet. It happens to be something that I do and, and uh, use as a tool with some of my clients that I coach with. But um, there, it is a controversial diet in some ways, in my opinion, based on myth and uh, common knowledge that isn't necessarily true. Um, The bottom line is some people are going to do really well on an eight-hour diet, intermittent fasting, and some people might not. And for some people, it might work for a period of time and just be used as a tool in our toolbox. And then we might scrap it for, you know, the idea of, is it best to eat? three meals a day, three square meals a day, or, or, or should you keep the fire burning and, and eat five or six small meals a day? You know, these are all, these are all strategies that certain people advocate and use. Sometimes they work in some people, sometimes they don't work in, in other people. Uh, we'll get to the ultimate key here in, in just a minute, because, you know, there are people who do very, very well on a paleo diet. There are certain people that do very well on a gluten-free diet. In fact, I would say that most people, if they need to jumpstart their health and really uh, get a handle on eating, going gluten-free and going paleo would be a great way to to go. You know, about 1% of the population has celiac disease, and they can't eat, consume any gluten, or they'll get very, very sick. They could even die. And then there's probably another 6 or 7% who are gluten intolerant or sensitive to gluten, and it causes some health problems. And then there's this other 92% of the population that I'll bet if they were to go a period of time of three, four weeks or so, and completely eliminate gluten from their diet, that they would experience some health benefits. Now, the question becomes, is it the gluten that they are eliminating, or is it all the toxic uh, pesticides and sprays and things like that that they're not consuming? And and that the answer to that question may be different for different people, but I find that the majority of the population— if they will go off gluten for a period of time, they will experience health benefits. And then if they start eating gluten again, they will start to notice their health problems come back uh, pretty quickly. But you know what? Whatever it takes, if we can help you to start losing weight and do it with the foundation of health restoration, not just starvation, not just taking some sort of synthetic fat burner type chemical or something like that. If we can find a healthy lifestyle that you can sustain, you know, the other thing you'll see at Barnes and Noble is the 21 day, this diet, the 40 days to this, how to lose 30 pounds in 30 days, or, you know, that sells books that that hook, that idea that, hey, if all I do is, is you know, Karen and I are currently doing a 10-day blood sugar diet to to balance out our blood sugar. It's a, a tool that we will be using with our clients, and so we're doing it. We didn't really have any blood sugar problems, and we didn't have to make very many dietary changes during the course of this 10-day 
period that we're doing. But, you know, there there's a time and a place to do a 10-day this, a 21-day this, a, a 30, 40-day this or that. Um, but the reality is, is that what we really need to do is find a lifestyle, a strategy, something that you can consistently do day in and day out that will produce long-standing uh, results. But I will tell you this, if we could help you to lose 20 pounds, I'll bet you would be sleeping much, much better. Your breathing would be better, perhaps. Your pain and stiffness would go away. You'd probably have better self-esteem. If I could help you to lose 20 pounds, I'll bet that a, a significant number of your health problems would go away and your quality of life would start to go in the right direction. Now, it may very well be that you need to lose 20 pounds and then another 20 pounds and then another 20 pounds and then another 20 pounds, and that's okay. You know, how do you lose 100 pounds? Well, you do it by losing one pound 100 times or 20 pounds, uh, let's say you do the math five times. Um, the, the, you know, the point is, the best way for us to help you to lose weight is to help you to restore optimal health. And, and that's the biggest key. You know, in, in functional health or in functional medicine, like chiropractic, our goal is not to treat disease or symptoms, but to promote optimal health, to uh, promote complete physical, mental, and social well-being. That's our definition of health. You know, as a chiropractor, our goal is to eliminate the obstructions to the central nervous system and brain, supplying power and life to every tissue cell in the body. You know, chiropractic is based on the idea that the body is a self-healing, self-regulating organism run by the nervous system and that stress interferes with the function of the nervous system. There's mental stress that we deal with and physical and chemical stressors that our body deals with. And as long as our stress level, our ability to uh, combat stress is up here, my hand is high, and our stress levels are low, my hand is low, then everything works great. But the very minute that that uh, that gets in balance where our stress levels overwhelm our body's ability to adapt, that's when health problems start to occur. The pur purpose of a chiropractic adjustment is to remove that obstruction to the healing process, to the life expression process, so that you can be all that you were created to be, so that your nervous system functions at its optimal level. And in functional health, our goal is not just to treat disease from the outside in, but to promote a situation where there is an optimal expression of life. And so we teach our, our clients principles of healthy aging, nutrition, stress and weight management, fitness, fat burning, all sorts of different things that would go into a healthy lifestyle with the goal of not merely losing weight, but promoting optimal health. So what is the best way to lose 20 pounds or better said, what's the best way to work towards optimal health? Um, you know, it's what I call eating sober. And you'll hear the bodybuilders talk about the idea of eating clean, you know, to different bodybuilders. That may mean different things, but oftentimes it means you eat broccoli without anything on it and uh, chicken with the skin taken off, a gallon of water and, and maybe some uh, some brown rice or something like that and, and very, very bland diet. You know, the bottom line is we've got to eat foods that our body needs that don't cause health problems. You know, 
oftentimes you'll hear people who are overweight or battling diabetes or something, they'll say, I've got a food addiction. I'm, I'm addicted to food. When I studied addictions, which I did in the late 90s through the American College of Addictionology and Compulsive Disorders, I learned there are five basic addictions, drugs and alcohol, sex, gambling or risk-taking, work, and food. And the more I look at life, the more I realize that I don't and here I'm splitting hairs. I, I'm admitting that I'm 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 kind of tongue in cheek here and splitting hairs, but I'm not convinced there's such a thing as a food addiction, even though that's one of the five primary addictions. And here's why: there's no such person, in my opinion, that's that's hopelessly addicted to broccoli or kale or spinach or chicken or you know what I would consider to be food. Not just what I would consider to be food, what what is considered to be food. What people are quote unquote addicted to is sugar, added sugar, refined foods, artificial sweeteners, chemicals that have been put into the foods that we eat to make sure that we can't just eat one. And 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 it's these things that I'm going to call drugs, perhaps mimicking food or put into food, but it's that which we are addicted to that we can't stop eating. If I go out and buy a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream or Haagen-Dazs or something like that, I will eat the whole thing in one setting. I am not the type of person who could just have a couple of bites tonight, have a couple of bites tomorrow night, have a couple of bites, but you see that, see, and, and there may not be anything wrong. If somebody can do that, they probably don't have a weight problem. They probably don't have blood sugar problems. They probably don't have a lot of health problems. I'm not that person. If Karen makes a plate of brownies, she might have a brownie and then that's it. And and I will I will eat that entire plate or, or tray of brownies over the next couple of nights. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and go have a brownie. I'll wake up two hours later and go have a brownie. I I'm I'm addicted to that sugar and those chemicals that are in in that food. And it's like a drug to me. And so I'm going to argue that while yes, there is such a thing as a food addiction, that this nobody's really addicted to what I would consider to be food. They are addicted to the sugar, the refined foods, the uh, artificial foods, the just uh, the things that are are drug-like chemicals that that are highly processed, highly packaged, and and not really intended for human consumption for food at all. Um, so the main thing is, yes, there is such a thing as a person who has a food addiction, but I think it make make the, the, the point there. I like what Michael Pullen says in Food Rules. Uh, eat food, mostly plants, not too much. That's something that the vegetarians can certainly hang their hat on, the vegans can hang their hat on, the paleo people can hang their hat on. You know, there's not a whole lot uh, of difference between the paleo diet and uh, and a vegan diet, you know, both are advocating. One's advocating a, mostly vegetables, and uh, they're actually both advocating mostly vegetables. Uh, the the paleo diet's going to add maybe a little bit more meat and protein, but uh, you know, they basically both have a commitment to healthy healthy plants, healthy carbohydrates, healthy uh, proteins, and healthy fats. You know, that's what a key is. A, a key take-home is there are three types of foods or what we call macronutrients. There's proteins, fats, and carbs. And within each of those three categories, proteins, fats, and carbs, there are healthy proteins, fats, 
and carbs. And, and the goal is to work with a client to understand what their relationship to these proteins, fats, and carbs is and help them to make the wisest choices and specifically consume uh, health-giving fats, health-giving proteins, health-giving carbohydrates, and avoiding things like trans fats or uh, highly processed carbohydrates. In most cases, we're going to eliminate uh, gluten and uh, processed and refined carbohydrates. Um, so that's, that's part of the key to what I call eating sober. You know, people have to come to a new relationship with food oftentimes. And when food becomes a drug, just like any other drug addict, you know, Karen is very open about her addiction to alcohol. She's got three and a half plus years of sobriety. Now, after years of, of stopping and starting drinking and, and, and things, and she's very open about her, her testimony, or I wouldn't be sharing it like this, but, but she has to completely never consume alcohol again. If I were, if she were sitting here in the studio and I asked, you know, how often can you have alcohol? She would say never. What about just a little bit? No, never. Under no circumstance can I drink even a little bit of alcohol because I know that once I have one, I cannot stop. And tomorrow I will drink and the next day I will drink and I will drink until I can't stop. And I have had to completely change my relationship with alcohol. I cannot even touch it. And there are a lot of people, friends, that that need to do the same thing with sugar and refined foods. And these foods that uh, people will claim that they are addicted to that I'm going to say are like drug-like chemicals. They are drug-like chemicals. And complete abstinence is what is necessary for a lot of people. There are a lot of people who can never again have a piece of birthday cake. They need to avoid it to that extent. I, you know, not everybody is like that, but there are people who no longer can can well can have their cake and eat it too. And what I what I I mean that by that that horrible and 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 and, and cheap uh, cheap verbiage, um, you know, the the idea of everything in moderation is not a good idea. You know, we we hear that all the time. I, I know of a health coach here in town works for a company, and, and her philosophy, as she puts in print, is, I just believe in everything in moderation. Well, you know what? There are a lot of folks that, number one, can no longer consume things in moderation based on the fact that they've been so out, so out of bounds as far as moderation goes for so long that complete abstinence is what they absolutely have to do. So when I coach people, yeah, there are some people who we can just completely modify their their approach to food and 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 they can have uh, certain foods that they they used to crave and were perhaps quote unquote addicted to uh, occasionally. But there are a lot of people like a celiac patient. A celiac patient cannot eat gluten. Period. Ever. And, and there are a lot of folks that have an unhealthy relationship with sugar and refined foods that just cannot eat that. They can no longer eat in, in moderation. We've got to really help those folks to find pleasure in good, healthy foods. People say, I couldn't eat, eat, 
eat uh, eat Brussels sprouts or eat broccoli. I used to be that person. I grew up in a home where they we never ate Brussels sprouts. I guess my grandmothers, neither one of them knew how to make Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts now. Could eat them several times a week. Broccoli, I never thought that they made enough ranch dressing or nacho cheese sauce to make broccoli palatable. Now I could eat broccoli almost every day because I learned to roast it. You know, there's a lot of, since we don't, advocate a fat-free diet. In fact, I want people to learn how butter is, is a very significant health food. And, you know, I don't mind people pouring butter on their Brussels sprouts and their broccoli. And my gosh, you can, you put butter on something that makes it taste great. And, uh, I've learned how to eat cauliflower and different things that I can, different ways maybe I can hide cauliflower in soups or mash cauliflower in my, my rice cooker. So if I can, I can eat vegetables uh, every day that I wouldn't used to, I didn't used to have any sort of affinity for whatsoever. So we've got to work with people to help them to find good, healthy vegetables and foods that uh, they can they can eat that they will like and that they will look forward to instead of cookies and pasta and breads and cakes and crackers and 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 the highly refined uh, carbohydrates. Well, indeed, there are are good and bad carbs and fats and proteins. And one of the things that I dedicate a lot of time in my, my coaching clients is helping people to understand the, uh, the difference. Well, you know what, that's what I, that's where I want to leave our conversation today is, is, you know, the answer to the question, what's the best way to lose 20 pounds? It's basically to take personal responsibility for everything that you eat. And if you need to work with somebody who can help you to overcome your addictions to sugar and refined foods and, 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 uh, bad foods or drug like drugs that are food like substances, well then, Hey, that's what Karen and I do. And we'd be more than happy to, to help you in any way that we we can, but the idea of eat sober is is what I advocate, and that could be done within a, a paleo lens, or through a vegan lens, or a vegetarian lens, or uh, certainly a, a person practicing the whole thirty diet, or gluten free, any number. You know, that's the the take home message here is in any of the books. They probably all agree on 80%, 70 or 80% of what they advocate. Cut back on sugar, maybe eliminate sugar, refined foods, processed foods, eat more vegetables. They may say eat more fruits and vegetables. And Karen and I have talked, hey, yeah, fruits are great food. Yes, they're high in fructose. They're high in in sugar and need to be eaten in moderation, unlike vegetables that could be eaten with reckless abandon. But, but fruits are good, vegetables are good, good, clean, grass-fed sources of protein are good, healthy fats like coconut oil and avocado and, and butter, especially grass-fed butter, good, healthy fats, good, healthy proteins, good, healthy carbohydrates is what people need to eat. They need to elite, eliminate foods that they are sensitive to, foods that they have allergies to, and foods that they are addicted to, in some cases, completely never again to consume them, much like an alcoholic or a heroin addict needs to go completely off of their their drug. And, and that's what we help people to, to do, to find 
find the the diet or the living approach that fits them. It's uh, always a work in progress. It's not like you just read a book and the next day completely eliminate years and years of habits, especially when these foods are foods that we have a, a craving to. They raise the dopamine levels in our brain's reward centers, and, and that causes problems because, you know, just like a, a smoker doesn't typically just quit one day never to smoke again, although that does happen, and same with the alcoholic, same with the heroin addict, same with the uh, any addiction. Uh, you know, there's there's a two steps forward, three steps back principle, and we just have to help our, our clients gain enough traction that they have long-term success. Again, I call it eating, eating sober. So what's the best way to lose 20 pounds? Well, eliminate sugar and refined foods and find an eating approach that uh, causes your body to burn fat, lose weight, and restore health hormonally, reduce inflammation, all sorts of different things. So hope that helps. And if I can be of any service to you, please go to drscottlittle.com, connect with me there. If Karen can be of service to you, go to her website, karenlittle.me, not .com, but .me, and we would be honored to serve you in, in any way that we can. Well, hey, Thrive Market is not our sponsor, but who we uh, use to buy most of our healthy, let's see, it's not perishables, it's non-perishable food items. All right, we just placed an order today, coconut oil and toothpaste and... Uh, we get this collagen protein that we add to our, our shakes and smoothies. Actually, I put that in my coffee too, cause it completely dissolves and, uh, oh, we just get so much at Thrive Market. It's awesome to get that box and labeled Thrive Market and open up the, the box and all the individually wrapped items were there and somebody signs it. Hey, thanks for your order. Sign Jackie or Amanda or whoever it was that boxed up our order. It's a, it's an awesome deal. Foods, uh, healthy food items. Uh, about 35 to 50% off. It's kind of like Costco. It's a health food store meets Costco, whereby uh, you join for $59 a year, not a month, a year, and uh, free shipping on orders over $50 and uh, just great stuff. And and kind of like Tom's Shoes, they uh, give a membership to a lesser privileged family for everybody that joins. And so that opens up a world of opportunity for underprivileged families to feed their families in a very healthy way. So uh, please go to our websites, drscottlittle.com and karenlittle.me and click on the link to Thrive Market and shop around and, and uh, let us know what, you, what you've bought, how much money you saved, and, uh, and how much you like thrive market. Please go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating if you would be so inclined. If you don't like the show, please don't give us a one-star. Contact me, tell me what an idiot I am and, and what a lousy human being I am and what a waste of time the podcast was. But please don't give us a, a, a bad rating. Somebody on another podcast uh, said, well, it took you too long to get into the, the subject matter, so I gave you a one. Oh, that that hurts please just give us some feedback tell us hey we, we it took you too long or something like that uh, you can connect with us on our websites drscottlittle.com and, and karenlittle.me well for my lovely wife karen who's not with me today i am dr scott little the show is your great life game plan where we say the secret to a great life is to figure out how to have a great day a great week great month great year just repeat that over and over and over and over and over again go out and make it a great day